Welcome to the Spread of Grace podcast, where we tackle pressing questions from church leaders in villages around the world. You are fighting the good fight of the gospel. You are on the front lines caring for God's flock. The Bible is your spiritual weapon, and we are here to help you handle God's truth with precision. So let's open God's Word together and prepare to study, believe, and preach. Greetings, pastors, teachers, and church leaders. This is Pastor Mike again with Spread of Grace Ministries. Today's question comes from Ricardo Garcia, who is a church leader in Cuauhtempan, Mexico. Ricardo asks, what doctrines should be included in a local church doctrinal statement? Now, that's a great question but it has a pretty big answer. So we have decided to make this a two-part episode. The answer will be coming from Matthew Dick. Matt has been a youth pastor, a deacon, a teacher in the local church, and he has also been a teacher with SGM in Mexico. So Matt, welcome to the podcast, and please lead us to a biblical answer for this critical question. What doctrines should be included in a local church doctrinal statement. When we talk about writing a doctrinal statement or a statement of faith for a local church, what we're doing is working to provide an abbreviated systematic theology or a short theological paper about what doctrines will be agreed upon by the leadership and the membership of the church. A goal in this is to be concise and specific, uh, with multiple references to substantiate our statements. For instance, a statement like, we believe the Bible was written by God. That's concise, but it's pretty vague. A better way to say it would be, we believe the Bible is verbally inspired and a product of God through spirit-controlled men. Each statement that you make should be substantiated by biblical references. This part takes some time and some thought and some study, but it allows for every part of the statement of faith to be backed up by God's word. It shouldn't be an exhaustive list of scripture references, but it should include the primary verses that led you to make the theological statement in your statement of faith. As far as what areas of doctrine should be included in your statement of faith, that remains up to you and your local church. However, there are some areas that are obvious, such as Scripture or the Bible, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and salvation. If a church doesn't have a statement on these five areas, that's where you should start. After that, you could begin including other areas like man, the church, end times, Christian conduct, ordinances, Satan, and creation. I'm just going to take a few minutes to talk about each of those areas. I'll attempt to give you some direction on where to start. And for the first few, I'll give you some Bible references. The reference list is not intended to be complete, as there are many more scriptures that discuss each area. First and foremost, every church must have a statement about their beliefs on the Bible. If you don't have a statement about what you believe about the Bible, it's very hard for the people that come to your church 
to know what you base your teaching and preaching on. Really, Scripture should be the first part of your statement of faith or your doctrinal statement. A strong statement on the Bible is necessary because every other doctrine is based on Scripture. We have to know where our authority to teach and preach comes from. The first verse that comes to mind is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. Other passages that come to mind are Psalm 119, 105, Psalm 119, 89, 2 Peter 1, 19 and 20, and John 17, 17. Remember, make your statement about what you believe about the Bible. What is true about the Bible and how do you back that up? Second area that you might want to consider is the Trinity. A lot of churches, it is important to make a statement about God. Some churches uh, choose to lump this into one section by first explaining the Trinity. Other churches choose to explain God the Father, then God the Son, then God the Holy Spirit, and then they show how they work together in the Trinity. Either approach is fine, but you have to believe, you have to include what you believe on who God is, what God has done, and how God is active today. After all, the purpose of the church is worshiping, understanding, and serving God. So, for God the Father, we could include passages such as Exodus 15, 11, Exodus 2, 2 and 3, Revelation 4, 11, Matthew 28, 19, and John 15, 26. Again, we just want to talk about with God the Father, who is God the Father? What does he do? What has he done? What does he do today? We want to just answer some simple questions about God the Father. When it comes to Jesus, God the Son, thought should be given to who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and what he continues to do today. What did Jesus do before his incarnation? How did Jesus come to earth? What did Jesus do on earth? What about his death and burial and resurrection? Where is Jesus now? What does Jesus do for Christians today? Consider verses like John 1, 1 to 3, Colossians 2, 8 to 10, Micah 5, 2, and 2 Corinthians 5, 19. Thirdly, you have the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, John 16, 8 to 11, Ephesians 1, verses 13 to 14, Ephesians 4, verse 30, Romans 8, 26 and 27, 1 Corinthians 12, 11. All of those verses discuss different elements and aspects of the Holy Spirit. Remember, you're not looking for an exhaustive list of references, but you're looking to give ample backup to exactly the statement that you've made about the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Matt, for getting us started on that answer to that question, what doctrine should be included 
in a local church doctrinal statement. Matt has encouraged us today to really think about some of the foundational areas of doctrine that we should be creating statements for for our churches, and that as we do that, what we want to do is substantiate. We want to back up every statement that we make theologically from the Bible. So we want to have Bible references about these things. Matt addressed today uh, the, the foundational doctrines of Scripture, what we need to have as a statement of our belief in the Bible. He also has dealt with how we need to be thinking about making a statement about God. God is the three in one, the Trinity. We ought to have a statement about God the Father, who He is, what He does, His work in the world. We ought to have a statement about Jesus Christ, uh, why Christ came, what is so important about what His work was on the cross and in the resurrection, and we need to address God the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? What's His function? So, what you've gotten today is sort of uh, the foundational things that we need to be able to include in those doctrinal statements. In our next episode, Matt is going to deal with several other areas that we ought to include in our doctrinal statements, but we're also going to share some uh, practical points about how you ought to go about um, researching and creating these state these doctrinal statements for the church. So we hope that you this has been a helpful episode for you and that you will be able to go back and listen to it again and again, write down those references of scripture and bring it to your elders in the church and and work through uh, what your doctrinal statement ought to be. If you already have one, we hope that you'll be able to take this back and and look at your doctrinal statement and evaluate it and say, you know, is this biblical where we stand as a church and where do we need to go from here? To all of our students and pastors out there in the villages of the world, we really hope that today's episode encouraged you and equipped you to fulfill your ministry. We hope to see you again very soon. And until we do, this is Pastor Mike encouraging you with the words of Paul, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God.